Hi there, welcome to Southside Baptist Church's Sermon Audio Podcast. To learn more about us, you can check out our website at southsidesbc.org or you can go to our Facebook page. If you'd like to connect with us, you can send us an email at info at southsidesbc.org. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please go on to your podcast platform and leave us a positive review to help others find our content more easily. Thanks for listening and have a great week. So um, this morning, we are continuing in the series that we began a couple of weeks ago entitled Navigating the Trials of Life. How appropriate, amen? Um, As I've already mentioned, uh, this week has been a challenging week for many. Um, With Tom's passing uh, and him going to, listen, no reason to be sad for Tom, amen? Tom's with Jesus, and so he is not suffering anymore. Um, He went downhill quickly um, with uh, what was going on with his body, and so, uh, but praise the Lord, and that's, we're going to talk about that this morning. Um, We have that to look forward to, amen? When we're in the presence of Jesus, listen, all this is done with, and so we praise God for that, and so while while we are sad, um, our, our hearts go out to Pat and their family, and as a church family, we're sad. No reason to be sad for Tom. Um, so, but our hearts are heavy uh, with Pat, the news about Pastor Brandon. Uh, I've talked to several of you this morning, and um, probably um, like me, um, it's hit, it's hit kind of heavy, and I understand that. Um, and I didn't mention this earlier. Eli, I th- appreciate him coming up. Um, uh, it's been a difficult week a little bit on top of that for our family um, uh, Eli decided to come down wrong on his knee last Sunday when he played basketball and uh, tore up his knee. So that's why he's on crutches this morning. And so we're still trying to figure that out with doctors and MRIs and all that kind of stuff. So um, appreciate uh, the crippled being willing to lead us this morning and so forth. So, um, and <laughs> solidarity, right? Solidarity. There we go. There we go. Um, Listen, not to mention, I know that there are many of you that are going through your own struggles and difficulties right now, whether it be health-related, whether it be financial, whether it be work-related. So this week has been difficult, to say the least, and I guess I need to stop preaching on navigating the trials of life because God is giving us real practical world experience. Um, But here's here's the difficulty, friends. When when stuff uh, happens in our lives... um, it's very easy to get down, isn't it? It's very easy to let your mind go to, when you get some news, it's very easy to let your mind go to the worst case scenario. We can all relate, amen? Um, It's very easy to not be able to think about anything else and for that, whatever it is that you're dealing with, to occupy your entire world. And even to the point where you may have trouble sleeping, because you're worrying about it and stuff and thinking, you just can't stop thinking about what's going on and what might happen. So if we're not careful, um, it can lead to a downward spiral that can be hard to climb out of. So the question is, how can we prevent that? You know, trials, tribulation, trouble, difficulty in this life is inevitable. Amen? We've talked about that. But how can we keep from letting it consume us? How can we, in the midst of the trials, rise above our trials? 
and, and, and rise above the chaos and the mess and the, the difficulty that often engulfs our minds, how can we press on and persevere in the midst of the trials and tribulations of life? Well, I believe, um, I believe God has brought us to this passage for this very time. Romans chapter 8, I believe Paul gives us some wisdom on how, um, how, to, how to navigate that, how to persevere, how to press on, how to rise above the challenges and the difficulties and the trials and the tribulations and troubles, whatever you want to call them in life. So I want to give you three ways this morning from our text here in Romans chapter 8 of how we can navigate that. Number one, number one, friends, I believe is this. That is to recognize that we live in a broken world. We need to recognize that we live in a broken world. And here's why I believe we need to recognize that we live in a broken world is because when, when difficulties happen in our life, when a trial comes or when tribulation comes or whatever, the, the temptation is, or we often wonder, why is this happening to me? Why, why am I going through this? What did I do to deserve this? And let me just say this, while occasionally we do deserve the things that we're going through, we just have to acknowledge this, sometimes, sometimes what we're going through is a result of something we've done, right? Um, there are consequences. Sometimes we reap what we sow. Sometimes um, it is discipline from the Lord. Um, we know that we're disobeying God, and so God has to get our attention. However, friends, most of the time, uh, most of the time, the troubles and the trials and the difficulties that we're going through is just the fact of that we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. Um, we're human, right? We age, our bodies break down, our bodies are decaying, and so is the world all around us, in case you haven't noticed, amen? And so uh, many of the things that we go through are simply the result of living in a broken, fallen world full of sin, death, disease, suffering, pain, all, and, and everything that results from that. Um, I want you to take a look at what the Apostle Paul says. Look at what the Apostle Paul says in verse 20 of chapter, Romans chapter 8. He says this, he says, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. So uh, creation was subjected to futility. This can, carries the idea of not being able to fulfill its original purpose. God didn't create the world we live in today the way it is. Amen? He created the world, and when he created it, he said, it is good. It is good. It was perfect, friends. And so the creation was subjected to futility. It was subjected to not its original purpose. Why? Because it tells us here of him who subjected it in hope. God allowed that to happen so that he could then bring hope to us. Look at verse 21. It says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption, of, of decay, of that deterioration, that, that breaking down that we see all around us. It says creation will be delivered from that into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Okay? So one of the themes here in this passage is talking about our frail human bodies and how that's not going to be the case in heaven. But the same thing is true with creation, friends. And he uses this phrase here to talk about the fact that all of the brokenness that we see in the world today with our bodies, with ourselves, with everything is not going to be the case one day. Amen? But it is now. 
but it is now. Um, Look at verse 22. He goes on to say this, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Paul here, ladies forgive him, uses the analogy of pregnancy, right? Um, and, and all of the pain that is, happens in, in pregnancy and the things you go through. Um, he, he talks about that creation. It's like creation is, is groaning and laboring and, 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 and that, that things are, are, are not right. Not only that, Verse 23 says, but we also, we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves. Uh, we do, right? Intuitively, we know that the world is broken. We look around us, look around the world around it because of what we experience, amen? Everybody, listen, even, even the, the, the non-churched world knows the world is broken and is looking for answers for that. Um, look at your own experience, we groan, we toil, we suffer, we go through stuff. Now, for some reason, we want to blame God for that, right? God, why'd you allow this to happen? We want to shake our fists at him. God, why this? Whatever. But when the reality is, friends, we are to blame. Humanity is to blame. I started talking about this just a second ago, but God didn't create the world the way we see it now. He created a perfect world with no sin, no disease, no suffering, no pain, none of that stuff. And he and, and created it all, and he said, it was good, right? And he put the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden, and he gave them the garden to enjoy. It was a, it, it was a beautiful place with everything they needed, and he gave, gave them dominion over the animals and the birds and all of that, and he gave them so much, and he gave them with all of what he gave him, he gave them one little prohibition. He said, you can have all of this. Just don't eat of the tree, this tree right here, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, what did he say? You will surely die. All of this to enjoy in one little prohibition. The devil comes along and he tempts Eve and, and Adam goes, I, I, Adam, Adam, it, it goes along with it, and they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And just as God said, they ate and they died. They were cast out of the garden. Um, we see the, see the death of, of, uh, that happened in the creation story. Um, it's, it's not an immediate physical death, but it's a separation from God, right? That close communion that they had with God was broken. As they were cast out, and, um, and, and, and they now entered into a, a point in which their bodies began to break down. And so as death enters the world, what we see is not just death, but everything with that. Disease, suffering, heartbreak, all of those things, that, those painful things that we see entered into the world because of death. And the Bible tells us that it wasn't just our humanity, the humans that were affected. All of creation is affected by this, um, as we see in, in, in Genesis. And so, friends, we live because of that, because of, um, and, and you say, well, man, if I was Adam and Eve, I wouldn't have done that. Really? Because we have choices in our life, and we continue to sin. We continue to disobey God, and we continue to rebel against him. 
And so don't be so sure. You know, sometimes we look at the, 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 the stories in Scripture and we say, man, I'd have never done what Peter did or I'd have never done what, uh, you know, David did. Or, and, and listen, here's the deal. We don't say that, right? Um, because except for the grace of God, that, that could have been us. And we, are, we do our own rebelling and disobeying. And so the, as sin entered the world, death, disease, and suffering, and all of that, um, we experience the effects of that. And that is a fallen world that is broken and not as God originally intended it. Someone once said, we wish or we want to avoid suffering, death, sin, and ashes, but we live in a world that is crushed, broken, and torn by sin. Author Chip Brogdon wrote, It's not a question of God allowing or not allowing things to happen. It's part of living. It's part of the world. Some things we do to ourselves. I think we have to acknowledge that, right? Other things we do to each other. But our Father knows about every bird which falls to the ground, but he does not always prevent it from falling. Sometimes we we think that when we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that God is going to prevent all evil from happening to us. And I think we all know, can I just say that there are some preachers out there that preach that? And that's just not true. There's nowhere in the Bible does it say that if you get saved, if you trust in Christ, God's going to relieve you from all pain and suffering. He didn't relieve Jesus from it. We'll talk about that next week. Okay? And so um, we, we then have to are left to, to put, then Why? What's going on? We have to accept the fact, friends, that we live in a broken world. Um, I I believe every single one of us has a longing inside of us um, for a perfect world. We long for a perfect world, right? We long for a world where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more disease, no more heartache, no more separation because of death, no more war, no more terrorists right? We long for a world like that. And listen, I believe God has placed in us that longing. And that's why people in the world are seeking, oh, we need to, we need to get rid of this and we need to work towards this and we need to do all that. And listen, that's fine and dandy and what have you. Listen, but that longing God has placed for us in, in us is not a longing for this world. That longing will never be fulfilled on this world. It will be fulfilled in heaven. This world is not the fulfillment of that longing. Friends, it's only when we realize that that we can begin to rise above the chaos. We need to adjust our expectations. What do you expect from this world? What do you expect in this world? I think sometimes we are expecting things that God never promised. That does lead us to number two. How do we rise above the chaos? Yes, we need to recognize that um, that we live in a broken world. The second way we can rise above the chaos is this, friends. We, need to, we can look forward to the hope of a better day. We look forward to the hope of a better day. Listen, God is a God of healing and wonders and miracles. Amen? He is all-powerful. All throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus healing people. We see his healing power. And no matter what you are going through, No matter what, God can heal it, God can fix it, he can change it, he can do miracles in your life. Friends, amen? 
And he often does. We've experienced those things. We have. So what do we do? We ask God for that. We pray for that. And we should every day. Talked to somebody recently about this. Pastor, what do I do? I said, you pray. You, I've prayed. Keep praying. Look up. I encourage you. Here's your homework for this week. Look up and the, the parable of the persistent widow. It's a short little parable. I love that parable. In fact, the widow, it's a parable about a widow coming to a judge and pleading the judge for what, for what she wants. And the judge says no, but the, the parable is simply that finally the judge gave in to her, not because he agreed with her side, but simply because she kept pestering him to death. Okay, that's my translation, but that's basically what it says. Okay, and so the point of the parable is that God wants us to pester him. Keep pestering him, friends, and we keep, we just continue to pray. We're going to lift up the things that we've talked about this morning. Other need, just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, friends. That gives us hope, amen? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, God is able to do exceedingly above, above all, exceedingly above all that we ask or think. Listen, there's nothing that God can't do. And don't, listen, don't take what I'm talking about this morning that, man, we have a God that he can't heal. He can't do that and he never does. That's not what I'm saying at all. God can heal. God does heal. We need to pray for that. We need to ask and beg God for that. So here is the next question. What do we do when God doesn't heal? Because the reality is that God doesn't always heal. Amen? Um, I, I, there are some churches that teach that if, if, you're, if, God, if, if God's not healing you, it's because you don't have enough faith. Um, that's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the devil. Did Jesus not have enough faith? <laughs> um, no. Here's the reality is that sometimes, not sometimes, there, just as we sang, um, Pastor Brandon picked the songs that we did this morning. Um, there is purpose in suffering. There is purpose in the difficulties that we go through. What do we do when our prayers are not answered? Or let me put it this way, because God always answers our prayers, just sometimes he says no or wait. Okay, He always hears us. Um, and so what do we do when we don't get the answer we want? When God, when, 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 when our pain and our suffering is not removed? Where do we turn? Where can we find hope then? Well, look at verse 18. Go back just a couple of verses here. And the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Friends, God does not always remove our suffering. Amen? What Paul is saying here is that, listen, there, we're going to go through suffering in this present time, in this world. We're going to go through that. And, and, and what God has in store for us in heaven is far beyond anything that we may go through here on this earth. Amen? It is worth anything that we may go through. Now, not that we, not that, that we suffer in order to be saved. That's not what I'm saying at all. We're saved by the grace of God through what Christ did on the cross, and that alone. It is his atonement that is paid for our sin, and by trusting in that makes us right with him. But when we go through stuff, 
Friends, we need to remember the glory that God has for us awaiting in heaven. Amen? And that it is far beyond. The momentary affliction that we go through now will be nothing when we get to heaven. I know that may be hard to, to, yeah, pastor, that's fine. You're not going through some of this stuff. Um, Not directly. I would agree with you. Um, But this is what scripture tells us is that we put our eyes on heaven. We focus on what he has for us in heaven helps us to go through the, the momentary afflictions Paul says we're going through now. Amen? Look at verse 19. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So what, um, well, I believe what he's saying here is that not just us, not just should we wait, uh, look forward to, to heaven, but all of creation waits for that reconciliation that comes when, when, when Christ reconciles, God reconciles everything in him. Amen? All of creation longs for reconciliation. Friends, there is hope there. And we have hope that, that, that God is going to do that. Look down at verse 23. Let's pick up where we left off just a minute ago in verse 23. We read not only that, but we also also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Friends, so this is the hope we long for. When our bodies are redeemed and made whole and right. Amen? And then, then, well, hold on just a minute. Let me not get ahead of myself. Look at verse 24. For we were saved in this hope. Amen? We were saved in this hope. This is the hope we were saved for, that the sin is done away with, that sin is paid for, that, our, that all the mess that we have to deal with here one day is going to be gone. But hope that is seen is not hope. So what Paul is saying here is he's saying, listen, we have hope in Christ. We have hope for a better day. We have hope for heaven that's going to be far beyond anything we can ever imagine. And he's got your eyes f- fixed on that. And then, but then he says, but hope that is seen is not hope, right? We're not there yet. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We persevere. We press on, keeping our eyes on the prize. Amen? We look forward to that day. What is that day going to look like? Oh. Revelation 21.4 puts it this way. It says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. No more sorrow, no more crying, right? There shall be no more pain. Let me hear you say hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the former things have passed away, friends, and all things have been made new. Amen? Amen. All this mess. Now, I know some of you, especially you kids, you're young, and you haven't experienced any of the pain of suffering yet and any of that probably. And so maybe you don't have that perspective yet, but the longer we live on this earth, the more we experience, whether it be emotional, spiritual, physical pain, whatever it is. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, this is your tent, okay, this is your body, is destroyed. If this house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, 
earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found unclothed. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Friends, we look forward to that day when we get a resurrection body. Amen? Amen. God's going gonna to wipe it away. He's going to give you a body that will last for eternity and that won't break down. We look forward to the day when there is no more pain or suffering or heartbreak or heartache or any of that. When the things of those things in this life are no more, friends, when God gives us a new body which is not saddled with decay or deterioration or, or suffering or, or, or disease any longer. Amen? Looking forward to that day gives us hope now. It gives us hope now. It helps us to be able to endure the sufferings and the trials and the tribulations that we go through, friends. It helps us to be able to persevere. Um, I heard a story years ago um, that I want to share with you. I've shared this before, so some of you may remember it. Um, But it's about an elderly woman. Um, I think it's a true story. I'm not positive. It's about an elderly woman who had been through a lot. Her body um, had declined. She'd suffered through the loss of her husband and um, the pain and debilitation of various ailments. And she'd finally become bedridden and unable to get up anymore and get around. She was a shut-in for all practical purposes. She, um, she knew the time was coming near for her to go to be with Jesus. So uh, she called her pastor and asked him to come and she wanted to get her final affairs in order. They talked about what she wanted uh, when she passed. They talked about arrangements. They talked about her favorite scripture. They talked about the songs that she wanted sung. They talked to, she even shared a few poems with him that she wanted shared at her funeral service. Then she said, pastor, she said, I have one more request. He said, what's that? She said, pastor, I want to be buried with a fork in my hand. He looked at her a little funny. He said, you want to be buried with a fork in your hand? Why do you want to be buried with a fork in your hand? She said, well, pastor, I said, one of my favorite things at church or about church is when we have um, carry-in dinners. <laughs> said, when we have pitch-ins, she said, I love it. You know, everybody brings a little something and you can go down to the table and you can get a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And she said, I just love it. And um, she said, but But even in that, she said, my favorite time is not just the regular food, she said, but she said, you know, I, I, when, we, when you're finished with the, the main part of your meal, she said, the ladies from the kitchen come out and they, they take your dishes and they begin to throw them away and whatever. But when they take them all, they, they usually say something like, what? Keep your fork. Keep your fork. She said, why do they say keep your fork? They say keep your fork because there's still dessert to come. She said, because... The best part of the meal is yet to come. She said, so when I'm laying there in the casket and people walk by at my funeral, she said, Pastor, I want you to tell that story so that when they look at me for the last time, they will know that the best is yet to come. Friends, don't ever forget that. Love that story. Because no matter what we go through here on this earth, the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. Now, we know that. We remember that. That helps us to persevere. It helps us to rise above the trials. Amen. The troubles and the difficulties. How do we rise above? We, 
We, we recognize that we live in a broken world. We look forward to the hope of a new day, of a better day. And the third uh, thing I want to share with you this morning, the third way in which we can rise above the chaos, the trials, the mess that we're going through is this. Friends, we can lean on the Holy Spirit for help. We lean on the Holy Spirit for help. Listen, all the things that we've talked about already, these first couple of points, we know that, right? We know those things. You know, we, we realize that we live in a, I know, pastor, that we live in a broken world. I know this world has fallen. This is, all this stuff is just part of the broken, fallen world. I know that, pastor. Uh, we long for the day when, when all of our troubles are gone. Amen. Pastor, I know that. I look forward to heaven. We believe in that. We know all of that. But, but how do we handle the pressure? Even knowing those things, there's sometimes we can get stressed out. Amen. What do we do when we feel overwhelmed? What do we, how do we not worry about all the things that are going on in our lives? Well, Paul tells us exactly how here. Look in verse 26. Verse 26, he says this. He says, likewise, the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, also helps in our weaknesses. Friends, when we don't know what to do, when we're feeling stressed out, when we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling the, the, the room closing in on us, we need to lean on the Spirit of God. Amen? We lean on His Spirit. Let the Spirit of God give you strength. Let the Holy Spirit comfort you. Let the Holy Spirit give you clarity of mind when you're laying there in bed and your mind is just racing and you can't let Him take all of that stuff, friends. And let him work on your behalf. Amen? Look at what Paul says next. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Ever been there? Ever felt like that? You know, you're going through stuff, you've prayed. God, I don't know what else to say. Guess what? You're a child of God. It's okay. The Holy Spirit that he's given that lives in you is communing with the Father in heaven. Um, for when we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Um, the Spirit makes petition on our behalf. The Holy Spirit of God in you tells the Father whatever he needs to know. Look at verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts I believe that's speaking of the Father, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, the, Holy, the, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit who's living in you, because he, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So he knows because his Spirit is in you, and he's, his Spirit is one. Amen? God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're one. So he knows. So he is, even when you don't know what to say, even when you don't know what to do, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you that is uttering with groanings that are, that are what does it say? Which cannot be uttered. He is communing with the Father exactly what you need. He is praying on your behalf. Friends, think of it like this. You have a personal friend who knows you in and out, who knows what you're going through, who knows how you feel without you even having to tell him. And that friend takes all your needs to the Father on your behalf. How awesome is that? Amen? That's wonderful. That's, it's just wonderful to know that the Holy Spirit is, is, is doing that and God knows us. 
And what is he doing with those requests? What is he doing with those, those things that we are going through? Uh, we're not going to get too deep in this because we're going to talk about this next week. But look at verse 28, which you know, you probably don't have to look at, right? We know that all things, he's working all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. He's working all things together for your good. Not just all things that are good, but all things for your good. Friends, God is on your side. He's not out to get you. He's with you. He's working on your behalf. Amen? So what should we do when we feel overwhelmed, we feel pressured, we feel all the world, weight of the world crashing in on us? Friends, turn to him. Lean on him. Rest in him. It's, that's the only way you can rise above the mess that we go through here on this earth. Uh, I want to close with a story. Um, Dr. Purnell Bailey was an army chaplain, author, and pastor who wrote a devotional column for almost 60 years, which originally appeared in newspapers throughout the United States after World War II. In one of his devotionals, he told this story. He said, one summer, he visited an orange grove where an irrigation pump had broken down. The season was unusually dry that year, and some of the trees were beginning to die for lack of water. The man giving the tour then took Dr. Bailey to his own orchard to teach him a valuable lesson. Pointing at his own trees, this man said, whereas the other trees that you just saw were about to die in this drought, these trees my trees could go without rain for another two weeks. He said, what? Why? He said, you see, when my trees were young, I frequently kept water from them on purpose. He said, why would you do that? Why, why would you keep water from them? He answered this way. He said, this designed or planned hardship forced them to send their roots deeper into the soil in search of moisture. He said, now, because of that, what I did earlier, he said, mine are the deepest rooted trees in the area. While others are being scorched by the sun, mine are finding moisture at a greater depth. Friends, I think that can teach us a valuable lesson. In a very similar way, God allows hardship in our lives, a little bit at a time, to force our roots to go deeper in him. He allows trials, tribulation, suffering, difficulties, hardship. Friends, so that when it really matters, when it really counts, we will know that our roots are deep and secure in him. Think about it. Friends, if we never experience hardship at all, we're less likely to be rooted in his strength. Amen? Friends, this morning, some of you are right in the middle of something. Maybe it's some of the stuff we've talked about today. Maybe it's something that nobody else knows about. But some of you are right in the middle of a trial in your life. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're having a difficult time in the midst of it. Maybe you're trying to keep your eyes on the Lord, but you're just not understanding. God, why? Why have you allowed this to persist? God, why am I going... Why is it like this, God? Friends, don't dismay. Let your roots go deep into the Lord during this time. Hang on to him. 
Rest in him. Seek your strength from him. Rely on him and not yourself. Amen? It's then and only then that we are able to rise above the mess, the chaos, and the difficulty that we often experience in this life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning recognizing and acknowledging that trouble, difficulties, trials, sorrow, pain, suffering is all an unfortunate part of this life. Lord, we know that you are the you are all powerful. You are sovereign over all. And Lord, we know that you have the power to heal, you have the power to remove problems, difficulties, trials, all of that. And so, Lord, first of all, we come before you and we pray and we ask and we beg, Lord, for the things that are heavy on our hearts. Friends, you name yours right now to the Lord, whatever it is. Lord, you hear the cries of our heart. Lord, you hear what's heavy on our minds right now. And so, Lord, we lift these up to you. Lord, we ask for for you to to heal. We ask for you to fix. We ask for you to take away, Lord, all, all the things that we just mentioned Lord, that, are, that we're going through in our lives. And Lord, we know you're perfectly capable and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so Lord, our trust and our faith is fully and completely in that. But Lord, we also recognize and realize that there are times when you choose not to. Maybe it's just for time. Maybe it's just temporary. Maybe it's, maybe it's a long-term something we need to go through. So, Lord, we recognize and we submit ourselves to you and to whatever it is, Lord, you're wanting to do in our lives through what we're going through. Lord, help us to learn what you want us to learn. Lord, change in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds what you want to change. Help us to learn the lessons we need to learn, Lord. Help us to become more like you. Let the trials and the difficulties in our lives accomplish their purposes. And Lord, help us to always be grateful for the many blessings that you give us in our lives. So so easily, Lord, can we get focused on the difficulties and the trouble we're going through when our blessings are so much greater. Lord, we are grateful for the very breath of life. We're grateful for family. We're grateful for church family. We're grateful, Lord, that you provide for us and give us all of our needs, Lord Jesus. Even maybe when sometimes we don't know how that's gonna happen, Lord, you always take care of us, Lord. And we thank you for that. So Lord, give us your peace. Help us to be able to walk through the trials and the troubles and the difficulties we're going through, Lord with our eyes on you, looking forward to, yes, hope of healing, hope for answers now, Lord, but ultimately hope and knowing that we are gonna be in eternity with you. And we thank you, Lord, that we can rest in that. We know that's a done deal, that that hope is secure. And so, Lord, give us a smile on our faces, not because we're just putting it there, Lord, but because it comes from our heart knowing that we're right with you. 
We give you all the praise and the glory. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Southside Baptist Church's weekly sermon podcast. If there's any way that we can help you, or if you're looking for your next steps to further your journey with Jesus Christ, please contact us at info at southsidesbc.org. Thanks and have a great week.